New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We are at episode 486. I'm Paul Spain. With me today is Paul Brislin. Welcome along, Paul. Hello. Thanks for having me. Always good to have you on the show, Paul. Uh, It's great to be here. Looking forward to it. Now, maybe you can remind listeners where you fit into this big, wide world (laughs) of tech in New Zealand. Well, I am a public relations um, consultant for a number of tech companies. Um, uh, I am a former tech journalist, and I still keep my hand in from time to time, uh, doing a little bit for uh, the Internet of IT Professionals, uh, the Institute of IT Professionals, ITP. I look after their blog, techblog.nz. And other than that, I just hang around um, trying out new gear. Which is always good fun. Yes. Well, always enjoy your opinions, Paul. You always uh, uh, bring a fresh perspective to things. And <laughs> I have opinions. And, yeah. and you, yeah, you usually have some uh, some interesting and uh, um, insightful opinions. So I'm looking forward to that again good. today. Good. Um, now, before we jump in, a huge thank you to all the brands that stand behind the New Zealand Tech Podcast and make the show possible. So uh, thank you to Sumo Logic, to Vodafone. New Zealand, Spark, Vocus, HP, Samsung, Gorilla Technology, and of course our uh, new headline sponsor, Umbrella Connect. So uh, great to have um, all of those partners on board. And look, it's really appreciated what they do to support the tech community uh, and the tech um, world here in New Zealand. And the New Zealand Tech Podcast is, is part of that. So let's uh, let's jump straight into the news. Now, this week, Paul, both of us are sitting here using our Macs. We are. We are. And uh, our first topic is about this uh, thief quest malware that puts Max at risk now there is a little a little um, I guess an aspect here mm. that you know hopefully for most Mac users leaves you reasonably safe from this malware now what we know about thief quest is that so far it's being distributed through pirated software so um, you know hopefully certainly yep. um, within the business world that leaves you know most organizations reasonably safe from this yeah yeah um, you would hope so but it is really a sign of the times, isn't it? And, you know, we've seen different stats over the last few years talking about a, a, an incredible uptick in yeah. malware on Macs. But, there, you know, we, we haven't sort of seen or heard too much of this malware. But this one really stands out in... In that it does key logging, it sort of creates a sort of you know command and, and control type yep. center on yep. a on a Mac once it gets in there, um, and it just you know also happens to um, you know encrypt <laughs> massive your data ransomware and, attack and, and lock and, it all yeah, down. It, you know, <laughs> and the, we're not yeah. used to it, are we, in the Mac world? I mean, PCs. I think over the years we've we've uh, become familiar with the need to update virus software and patch things and keep it all up to date. Mac users have always sat there smugly going, oh yes I don't have to do that, we're so obscure nobody writes viruses for us Uh, and yet here we are and I think it's a sign of the times that uh, Mac is becoming um, much more acceptable in in enterprise, Uh, you know the ability to uh, run Windows uh, apps and things of that sort on on the Mac is is improving daily. Well no, Uh, it's about to disappear Paul, because they're they're changing from it they so are. They are. Won't so it'll be, be very interesting. Windows software natively. Wow! Anymore. It'll. It'll. Uh, that's. That's gonna. That's gonna create a whole new realm yeah. of testing, isn't it? Yes, but. It will. Uh, yeah. But it does. Uh, I think you're seeing more Macs in in more places now than yeah. ever before. Yeah. Uh, probably off the back of the success of the iDevices, uh, and uh, and it's great to see because I think it, it does give you a certain amount of robustness if if you're not all your entire enterprise isn't all running the same uh, the same um, equipment. Uh, you're much less prone to uh, to getting something nasty taking you all out. But here we are with ransomware on the Mac, which is, um, you know, a couple of years ago would have been unheard of, wouldn't it? It's just amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, ha- it has been growing for, you know, a number of years. I remember, um, you know, presentation probably 18 months ago where they were looking at the uptick in um, in malware on, on a Mac, and it was growing in, you know, hundreds of percent per annum. Yeah. Obviously off quite a low 
low, uh, quite a low base. Uh, but this one seems to be, hey, yeah, this is this is a really a really you know big deal. Yeah. I you know I hope that it doesn't get uh, too widespread, and it has been, I guess. Yeah, the less of a target as a platform than Mac because it was a smaller percentage. Yeah, and there were some aspects of what Apple uh, did from a security standpoint that were um, you know were good, and you know installing and running software from online. Well, Apple really actually pushed pretty hard to distribute through the Mac App Store, That's and right. because Apple users so used to. Uh, doing the same on on their iPhones, yep, yep. Um, you know that's that's worked reasonably well, and more and more of the Mac software uh, is available through that uh, mechanism. Plenty yeah. of software that's not, um, but they're sort of defaulting to uh, a Mac, basically, uh, you know, not allowing you to directly install. Yeah, yeah. That yep. uh, that certainly helped, but look, I don't think that. These days, you can say that a Mac is, you know, really any safer than any other platform, other That's than right. that it's a smaller target because <clears throat> yeah. of the smaller uh, market share. And I think we'll see more of these things. So, yeah, I know, you know, Microsoft now have their uh, endpoint uh, security suite yep. available uh, on the Mac, and more and more, you know, vendors vendors do. And it's just another area that needs to be taken uh, seriously yep. and and treated in an appropriate way. That's yeah, I think you're right, and and I. I I think we've got to remember that the weak link is always the human behind the keyboard, not the keyboard itself. And what we're seeing now is more and more uh, penetration into the enterprise space in particular that the Macs have got. Uh, it's not just the designers and the, the cool kids in town. It's it's all the way through the food chain. Uh, that's great. Uh, but it also means that uh, they are another attack vector to get into an organization. And we've seen a couple of big name, uh, big high profile cases in the last couple of weeks with uh, Toll Group and Australia um, being hit with ransomware, uh, and also uh, Lion, the brewery company, um, yeah, likewise. Call, yeah, so, yeah. There's a these, lot. There's a lot. There's of, a lot of it going on. It's not just yeah. kids in basements anymore. This is organised crime, and in some cases, as the Australians are talking about at the moment, state level actors uh, coming in and seeing what trouble they can cause, which is really rather remarkable. Yeah, and you know, I guess that brings us on to one of the, one of the other uh, <coughs> you know, risks and and issues that we've seen. And, you know, unfortunately, this uh, has hit Team New Zealand, which, you know, are these ongoing scams around yep. uh, either fake or modified uh, invoices. Yep. And, and, you know, basically where an expected invoice comes in, but it's got on it not the bank account number That's of right. who you should be paying, but yep. of somebody else. And there's a range of ways in which that uh, happens. What I've heard seems to be... Uh, possibly the most uh, common is basically one of the email systems will get compromised at right. one end or yeah. the other. And then when uh, – so this, you know, a party is maybe getting looped in. They've got a sort of a hidden uh, forwarding of all the emails that yep. an individual or an organization uh, sends. Yep, yep. Uh, probably usually it's an individual mailbox. They've compromised that of somebody in, in say, the accounts uh, side. And so they're getting looped in on all these communications then. Yep. What they do is side by side, they will set up a parallel uh, email address that looks so similar, similar to the real one. A couple right? of letters so, the wrong way around. Yep. And, .zn. And, or yep. an extra letter or a .co rather than yep. a .co.nz or a .com. Things that you um, won't check on a regular basis. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then when it comes time, they can see that the transactions at the end, it needs to be paid for. They you know, get in first. Here's the invoice. Please yep. pay it immediately, etc. And it seems like this do. this is unfortunately what happened. And they just didn't seem to yeah, have yeah. those. You know, I think they're you know they're quite well known these days in business. You that would think so. When but, you're when yeah. you're paying an invoice to yep. a new bank account number, 
you don't just take what's coming on the electronic communication. No, you, you ring someone. That needs to be verified yep. and not with a phone number that's on the bottom of the yep. email because you don't know who that actually goes to. But, <laughs> Where that you know, lives. you verify that, exactly. that properly. Yeah. And, look, I really hope that we can we can do better at this as a country. And, you know, for anyone that's listening, if you're not absolutely sure your organisation has this in place, yep. now's the time to – Raise the flag. Yeah. It doesn't matter where you Check sit within stink. an organisation. If there's any chance that this isn't in place. Yeah. Uh, and look, I know most organisations do have it in place now. Yeah, but yeah. if there's any chance, for whatever reason, you've got maybe, you know, non, you know, it's a new business or it's this or that, and there just isn't that sort of um, tech savvy knowledge yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to have understood the need to establish this process, now's the time. Because this is impacting the New Zealand economy. In this case, you know, we're talking yep, yeah, exactly. uh, a quarter of a billion dollar enterprise, yeah. right? In New yeah. Zealand, they're a That's big right. scale organisation uh, who has pressed the flush button on a million dollars that's gone that's from right. our economy yep. and it's gone in our chance also to win the America's Cup. Yep. We don't want more of this stuff going on. And we know, look, that's it's right. all accidental. It's never, you know, yep. uh, deliberate, deliberate from yep. – we hope it's never, to, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. deliberate. And and look, I guess there is that added risk around processes uh, because there is the potential at some point that with these types mm. of things, we we could see insiders get in, involved as well. And yeah. I've not ever heard of that, uh, you know, happening and 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 these sorts of scenarios. But when but there's, there's so much there's money potential money yeah, at yeah. stake, it's really important to have uh, you know good yeah. robust processes. It's not like the old days where, you know, yeah. a check was written out and it was oh it's to that company it has to go into has that to go in there. No, these are just and, a string and of numbers, so on, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and especially at the moment with so many companies somewhat disrupted by, by COVID and we've still got people uh, rightly working from home, working remotely. Uh, normal processes seem to have fallen down a little bit and it's not uncommon now. I, I don't know about you, I get uh, inundated with messages from different clients and different parts of their businesses uh, via Teams, via WhatsApp, via email. Uh, I haven't had anybody bug me on LinkedIn yet, but mm. I'm sure it's only a matter of time. They've uh, text messages, um, Keeping track of all of that is quite difficult. And if somebody sends me a, a thing and I'm in accounts and somebody sends me a, a, a Snapchat or a WhatsApp saying, hey, look, just pay that thing, maybe that's the new way or, of working. Maybe or, I the new, just... or the, our bank account number's changed. That's Did right. you get the change? Here's, yeah. here's what it should be. Oh, you must have fallen off be. the list. Oh, it's yeah. terribly here's, quick. Here's the Process new detail, now. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and even it's an incoming phone call. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's, you've got to verify it the other way. How many of those have you had where you've had the bank ring you and they say, no, we just want to verify your details? And I say to them, no, you've just phoned me. I'm not telling you anything. You verify your details. Uh, you know, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's really, it's really tricky. important. And it I is. see uh, there are some recommendations around doing a, a dual verification on, on yep. these things via phone. And that sort of thing makes a lot of sense, yeah, particularly yeah. where it's a it's a big payment. Sure, oh, absolutely. Uh, if it's a twenty dollar payment, then look, you know, you know maybe who, you can who, wear who, it. who yep. cares? You know, the amount of effort to go in to verif- right. verify that. Although realize that once that number is verified and in your system, yep. if the first payment's twenty, but the next, next one's, one's twenty thousand, twenty 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 thousand, yep. the second payment is probably going to go through. Yeah, so yeah. the idea of actually just having a robust process around these things. Is is really important, it's and at the moment there's money disappearing out of New Zealand's economy every day. And you know, I wish that that was something that we, exactly. we really could step up on. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, older older listeners will remember back to um, uh, the Otago District Health Board getting ripped off by an IT manager, an insider, an insider yes. who yeah. uh, ran a fake scam, uh, a fake uh, invoice scam, much like the sort of things we're talking about, and took them for millions and millions of dollars because he was approving uh, single sign-off. I'll just approve these invoices. Oh, look, they happen to be paying them into my bank account. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it took many years to catch him, and I don't think they've re- recovered half the money. Well, that, that uh, side so of it 
is re- is sadly is reasonably common. I yeah. think probably in many countries, you know, there's the ones that have hit the media. I've come across other ones behind the scenes where you know working with a firm, yeah, and you know they say, oh look, you know, unfortunately we're having to close, you know, close these parts of our business down. What happened was we had somebody sitting in a position of authority yep. uh, who was you know basically Siphoning creating yep. creating these uh, you know fake invoices yeah. and money getting siphoned out of the business. So it's not as though these things are new. It's just there are new approaches That's to right. to yeah, how yeah. they happen. Yeah. And it does come down to having good, robust processes and you know, understanding who who are these people that are being paid, yeah. and are you absolutely, uh, you know, verifiably sure? I came across one instance where an organisation they had the process in place. They called up the party. They were in another country. Yep. Their question was, rather than can you confirm what your bank account number is, is yes. have you changed your bank account number recently? Yes, we have. They hung up the phone and put the money through. Yeah. They didn't verify they didn't the number. Verify it. Yep. And in that case, they got scammed because yep. it had been exactly one of these cases, exactly. very similar looking yeah, email yeah. address. They actually been getting copied in on all these emails. Yep. And yeah, bit of yeah, a shocker. Yeah. All right. And Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> enough on, enough on that one. Yeah. We do need to be careful. Yep. Um, EncroChat. Yeah, speaking of rat bags. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> what a... Uh, what a what a what a shocker! Um, so th- this is astounding, isn't it? They, they ran uh, an encrypted phone network um, in Europe, which um, you know uh, allowed you to make these phone calls and, and share information in a totally safe and secure environment, and was predominantly used by mastermind criminals to to conduct all well, it was, kinds. It was really really expensive to, yeah. to be a part of, right? So exactly, that's usually um, a giveaway, isn't it? I mean, the concept was basically you would buy this special handset that right. had, the, had their EncroChat uh, software, you know, pre-installed. You would pay, uh, a, you know, a running fee yep. to to utilize it, and as long as you put your communications through their channel, they were guaranteeing that you would be kept safe. They'd made physical modifications right. to the device, yep. uh, so. Camera, uh, microphone, GPS, and UPS ports apparently were all removed. All locked down. Right? So it was quite heavily locked down from that uh, perspective. And then you also had an ability as a, you know, you could see this is targeting criminals, but there might be a few others would have some, you know, semi-legitimate uses, I don't know. (laughs) Um, You could enter a PIN code, let's say, you know, police caught you if you're very quick, and it would would delete all your messages off the device. So it was around super secure messaging. That was its whole purpose. Now, you know, some lessons here is that uh, actually – these things aren't always as secure as no. as, as uh, what you might imagine. Oh, yeah. So and so, how many? Well, they were so the sixteen hundred pounds a month oh. for the for the devices. Brilliant. You've got to so sell a lot of heroin to children about for that. Forty k a year <laughs> yeah. to run this. Yeah. Um, look, just you know, some advice if we've got anyone uh, listening that wants to encrypt their messages, you can actually just install a, a, a simple uh, app on your phone that will probably do a better job. Job, but and won't it, alert the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> and so in the UK, uh, 746 people have been arrested. Um, the, uh, the crimes range from murder and gun smuggling, drug trafficking, uh, you name it. And they've seized £54 million in cash and one and a half tonnes of cocaine. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's insane, quite a coup. isn't it? That is, that that is, is absolutely huge. That's a, that is a clean sweep. And probably they just rolled up the whole network and, um, uh, and found everybody. They needed to. Many years ago, uh, I interviewed a, uh, a security expert from IBM who said the internet is the best thing that's ever happened to um, uh, policing and um, monitoring of criminal activity because these masterminds are all putting everything up online thinking they're super safe and secure. Yep. And uh, here they are getting caught left, right and centre and being 
provable uh, and traceable and trackable through everything they've done, whether it's um, digital copyright theft or um, child pornography offences or, as we see here, uh, real-world crime. Mm. Um, you know, they're not that mm. smart. They've, um, they've shared all the information they need to with the authorities. Yeah, well, yeah, in this case, the authorities did well to be able to hack the system. The, the uh, provider of the service of EncroChat, uh, they, you know, they hadn't known about it. So yeah. it was all it was happening apparently without their knowledge. And they said as soon as they found out it had been compromised, you know, I imagine they would have realised that their lives were probably at risk, right? You, you, you charge yes. somebody that much and then it doesn't work <laughs> or they get put in jail. So they said they shut it down as soon as they found yeah. out that the authorities had compromised it, which was basically after the, the authorities had arrested, uh, you know, the, these uh, nearly, uh, yes, nearly 750 people. Uh, but, yeah, just incredible in terms of what they got uh, back. Yeah, but it it does for me raises that um, debate or or discussion again, and um, you know I, I see it from both perspectives around encrypting communications yep. because if if the if this was you know properly encrypted by a proper public service yep. then the police would have had no chance of actually getting in no, no. and and looking at it and i know your point you know that yeah there is a lot of stuff that the authorities uh, can do online yep. but when criminals are, are maybe you know are very switched on with the a, use a bit of the yeah. of the technology uh, then you you create a situation where we're, we we just don't have the same uh, from a you know a, I guess a legal standpoint the same abilities as were there in the past in terms of tapping phone yep. lines, uh, getting access to text messages and you know you used to work Steaming at Vodafone so you would yeah. have yeah. you know All had been been aware of some of those things that were were able to be done those sort of channels get shut down so you know I sort of see those aspects. Of yep, we want to protect um, you know people's uh, privacy, uh, but over time, I think these sort of scenarios yeah. and and realistically, this is uh, people that if they were using one of many you know many other services, mm. they would not have actually um, been stopped. But this has likely you know saved lives in terms of murders and yeah. and you know in terms of the amount of drugs and and, yeah. and yeah. money. Um, so the outcome was good, but I'm not sure we'll see too many of these types of scenarios in the no, future. No, no, and I think you're quite right. I think um, uh, criminal activity or, or terrorist activity, they always roll that out as an excuse, don't they, when they want to bring in new laws and new restrictions. The Australian government said, well, we don't care about the difficulty of it. Uh, you will provide a backdoor access just, to all. Just, just do, do it. it yeah. you know? uh, and, and I'm Easier not sure that's helpful, yeah. but uh, you can understand their frustration that they just, you know, yeah. Yeah. These these products are out there and they make life incredibly difficult. Having said that, so do locks on doors uh, and um, you know dark dark tinted windows in cars. So uh, where do you start? And where do you stop with all of this? And uh, I think we, we it's, it's an area that needs exploring and it needs proper public debate because we tend to give away a lot uh, or assume an awful lot without really understanding yeah. the issues. So it's yeah. it's high time we did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now. The um, the Iranians and their uh, their their work with uh, what we're told is nuclear power mm. um, has been threatened in the past, and it seems to have uh, come up again. And now uh, Iran uh, are saying that they will retaliate against um, any any nations who uh, carry out cyber attacks on their nuclear sites. And this is coming from their uh, head of uh, civilian defence. And there was a a fire um, at their plant, which some of their uh, officials have been saying was actually caused by a cyber attack. Uh, sabotage. So, you know, this wouldn't be the the first time in history they've had those sorts of challenges. And no doubt because there are uh, some countries that would believe that... 
the Iranians uh, work with uh, nuclear energy is uh, possibly has some more nefarious uh, aspects uh, right. to it, uh, particularly the Israelis and, yep. uh, who um, don't take I, kindly to these kinds of things. No, not no. on their uh, back 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 door. Um, you know, step I suppose, yep, uh, yep. and and you know the Amer- Americans too. So, yeah, just I mean, it, it's always interesting when we see countries getting involved in in the sort of cyber warfare, yeah, yeah. that attack for, capability. Yeah, cyber. for yeah. you know, possibly things that is is actually good for mm. the the world as a as a whole. Um, but you know, most mostly these sorts of things, and we heard of Australia being attacked just in the you know the last last fortnight, and and you know probably not for any any good reasons. But yeah. you know, generally these these come into you know they're very political yeah, uh, yeah. things. So you know, what I think might be good, you might think, well, n- you know, not so much. Look, you know, the Iranians still need to provide you know the basics of power and yeah, yeah. water and, and That's so right, on for their people, yeah. and their and what they're doing is completely. <clears throat> Legitimate. Now, you know, I, I I don't know, but um, you know, I'm I'm assuming that these countries know have a, a, a little bit more a little data bit more than, than than, well, than I do, and um, I would I would hope they yeah. would uh, what they would be doing would uh, you know only be done if it, if it were the, the, if it were the right required. thing to be doing. But, Although uh, in this day and age, who knows exactly? <laughs> um, I was interested to see, speaking about Australia, I was interested the, uh, the, the Prime Minister came out with this announcement that there was uh, uh, not an imminent attack, but that the, they were seeing uh, an increased level of activity. That's right. Uh, and uh, his response was to put a lot more money into cyber warfare capability, not just on the defence side, but also to build for the first time Australia's cyber attack capability. So we're now going a step in the other direction and um, it's a bit like having a spy agency, isn't it? If you've got a spy agency, then maybe I need one too to spy on your spy agency. You're going to need a counter-spy agency and before you know it, we're knee-deep in spies. I suspect the same thing is going to happen with uh, cyber security. Um, oh, well, if Australia's got an attack capability, then perhaps New Zealand needs one as well, just to you know, just to just to be on the safe side in case we have to attack Australia's cyber capability. I don't know. It's it's a, that never-ending escalating cycle of you've got one, so I need one. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, and it's a, it's a very interesting move coming uh, as it does on the back of this kind of activity with uh, with the Iranians because. Mm. Um, there is an, uh, uh, an awful lot more uh, evidence now of state-level actions uh, against other countries, against basic infrastructure. Um, uh, you know, covering Y2K all those years ago, 20 years ago now, uh, there was a lot of concern about everything from traffic lights to nuclear power stations simply not working. And I, I remember at the time speaking to a number of um, engineers about New Zealand's capability, and they said, we've got nothing to worry about because most of our stuff is mechanical and it's not actually on the internet because we're so far behind. Yeah, so yeah. the dams, even the traffic lights uh, were all mechanical switches. Now the world has moved on and we do have a lot more electronic capability in there. Uh, and you know it doesn't take an awful lot these days to to tie up a resource. We saw that with the uh, the Stuxnet attack, um, uh, the the virus uh, in the UK uh, taking out the National Health Service. Yeah, you know yeah. that kind of thing Shocker. is devastating. Uh, and um, you could imagine that coming on the top of a, a COVID outbreak or something similar again. And and you, you're talking about real people being uh, put in a terribly difficult situation. So uh, yeah, I, I suspect we're going to see a lot more of the uh, cybersecurity needs and wants of our nations as they all start to jostle for position. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it is it is a concern. So I yeah, I hope we find uh, be, you know better and better ways to you know protect our systems. Mm. And look, of course there are so many mechanisms to protect our technology and you know I think I'm sure I've talked about this before I don't think as a whole New Zealand does particularly well and you know I see that time and time yeah. again when when our team at Gorilla Technology go out and do these uh, you know cybersecurity audits or even just general uh, technology uh, auditing projects and we see 
the the really disappointing state of of you know how uh, businesses are operating. Yeah. And you know, I was was on a uh, a call just in the last twenty four hours with uh, a, a party from uh, from offshore. Uh, talking about a, a local New Zealand entity, yep. they don't have complete control from where they are, and we were just talking through, yep. you know, some of the incredibly obvious, uh, you know, lackings in the, in the right. way the New Zealand operation that they that they, uh, you know, deal with uh, is just completely lacking, and the 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 team. In New Zealand, seems to just have no concept no idea about that, why yeah, yeah. why it's important uh, to even follow, yeah. you know, two or three industry best practices, yeah. let, let alone all the you know other more complicated uh, things. So yeah, anyway, exactly. there there we go. But they will learn one way or the other. Yes. Well, you know, I, I liken it a little bit to if we go back to the early days of computing. Mm. Most people had to learn through pain that it's important to back up data, (laughs) right? That's right. And it eventually got to the point where, hey, everybody knows you have to back back up your data. Well, we're going through that same journey with cybersecurity where every organization is learning and every business leader is learning. Cybersecurity is a real and you know a present threat to yeah. their organisation, and as they get hit, and some organisations are getting hit multiple times. That's I mean, right. Toll Holdings, their one was yep. you know right out in, in public that they got hit multiple times mm. uh, with ransom, you know ransomware. Uh, so. And as those things happen, then of course that causes some really big changes in yeah, behaviour. Yeah. But unfortunately, this is what it what it often uh, takes. Yeah, yeah. Now on to uh, a couple of other couple of other topics, and then I want to come back and have a chat about um, Facebook. And okay. I'm saying back because it's higher up on our on our on our, on list. our list here. Um, but I realise that could be a, a rabbit warren. So before <laughs> we dive into that, Paul. Um, Wanted to chat through a little bit about online uh, video. Yep. Also, Rocket Lab. Dear old Rocket Lab. Boy, ah, oh, what a kicker that was! It was so sad to see their their rocket effect. Yep. Well, we couldn't see it, uh, but to know that their rocket was That's falling right. falling out of the the sky yep. on Sunday, thirteenth launch, and they've done so well so far. Incredible! Uh, and I'd actually stopped watching blown. the uh, watching the, the feed because you know it was we were past all the tricky stuff. Um, all they had to do now was um, launch the satellites, but unfortunately the payloads were all lost uh, and. They're, they're doing a lot of soul searching at the moment, trying to figure out just what went wrong and how it happened. Uh, but I think you do, in this kind of situation, you do learn an awful lot from uh, an, a mistake more than you do from a clean launch. So they will be able to go through, figure out, hopefully figure out what caused the, the, uh, the loss, um, what actually happened to the, uh, to the rocket, and the next one will be better, stronger, faster. And uh, uh, the beauty of the the Rocket Lab model is that we're talking very small payloads, um, millions, uh, single millions of dollars for each unit, rather than hundreds of millions of dollars. We've seen some spectacular failures in the in the past with uh, entire missions lost. Um, at the at the final at the final countdown, uh, and and that's cost hundreds of millions of dollars, and this is a much smaller scale. So, and that's exactly what Rocket Lab's selling point is. You know, yeah. um, all of these satellite guys. Years ago, I interviewed a man from Inmarsat who put up communication satellites. He said we budget to lose one in three satellites. Uh, so if we get all three up, then congratulations, we've got some spare. But uh, we budget to lose one in three, which is a huge failure rate, 33%. Mm-hmm. tells you how, how dangerous it is still launching yeah. things into space. Yeah. The sooner we get the space elevator built, Paul, the, so- the happier I'll be. <laughs> I'll <laughs> but be that could be a about while space off. elevators for, I don't know how many, how many 50 decades. years and another, my, and another 50 life. to come. Yes, um, exactly. That and fly, flying cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look uh, – Quite disappointing, I, I know, for you know everybody involved. And you know, Rocket Lab put their uh, statement out. You know, later in the day on on uh, Sunday, there was a, a video there from uh, Peter Beck. Yeah. 
There is a huge amount of love for what Rocket Lab are doing. I think people around the world, their minds are blown that here in, in little old New Zealand yep. that – Actually, we're putting rockets into space. Yeah, uh, that you know the the electron. Hey, there's been thirteen thirteen launches. Thirteen launches. I mean, uh, so far, remarkable. and uh, you know they've 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 just done so well. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I saw a reply to uh, you know rocket the rocket lab video just on on Twitter alone, well over half a million yep. uh, views, so they're tr- attracting incredible attention. Uh, I saw Elon Musk replying. He said, "Sorry to hear this. Yep. Yep. Hope you get back to orbit soon. Rockets are hard." And look, for those of us uh, old enough to remember when. You know, NASA were putting up uh, the space the yep, space shuttle. The shuttle itself. You know, they had they had done successful launches. Yeah. And then uh, with the space shuttle Challenger in '86, boom. And Absolute you know that was that was lives yeah, yeah. lives at stake, and certainly not uh, you know the first time there had there had been a disaster. Yeah. Uh, possibly that was the biggest launch ever. I can't remember. They, I mean, there were a, there were a whole bunch of people on, uh, aboard that one, and it yep. probably yep. was. The biggest uh, launch in terms of uh, you know people Loss that were that were yeah. that were going up, um, and and so yeah, look, challenging stuff, but they've done so well to date, and I would be very very confident that they will get to the bottom of this. Yeah, they absolutely. you know they tend to be able to get the data and to understand it. It likely is going to put things on hold. As they do that research, yeah, which is disappointing, while yep. they're yep. you know they're scaling up, and we we just talked in the last uh, probably last week around how you know how exciting it was. It's like three you know about yeah. three weeks or so, yep. uh, a little bit longer with with some of the you know weather challenges, but uh, you know around three weeks or so between between uh, launches, launches, yeah. and yeah. so yeah, not not um, you know quite. Down to where that you know they've talked about wanting to get where they could be doing a launch you know for, for every seventy two hours yeah um, but I mean boy they're they're very much leading the way globally and of course we've got other stuff going on um, uh, out of Christchurch or out of the South Island as, mm. as well and uh, there's certainly it'll be interesting to pick up and and hear more about what's uh, what, what's happening down there so yeah very exciting what what's going on in New Zealand yep. and you know Peter Beck for me I th- you know I think is is you know absolutely incredible in terms of He's his very you know, focused his, his, his achievements yeah. and and yep. that of uh, rocket lab and you know I mean I called him out in a, in a uh, you know talk that I was I was doing the, this morning as you know one of those real inspiration mm. points for for New Zealand so look we look forward to uh, what's next yeah. and you know I hope they can move through this quickly and uh, continue launching now on to other uh, topics uh, lightbox neon they've now moved so you know, nice to see that consolidation. Neil box, <laughs> light on. No, no. What have they gone with? It's just neon, isn't it? So I mean, I think what's good here is that we know that Netflix just was so dominant yep. in the market, and having two players sort of competing for a very small slice yeah, yeah. market share, pretty hard. So very seeing difficult. them come together, hopefully they will be Makes able to gain gain a bit yeah. more uh, traction, and this will work out uh, well. I saw an announcement email come through from uh, Amazon Prime Video uh, that they've just launched their app on Windows 10. So this is part of the competition that our local players are having to yeah, having yeah. to deal with. They're so it's not just in big, Netflix. In the big Water now. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. Amazon playing. Now I asked Apple. them. Yep, Apple's yep. come to town. We've yeah. got a we've got a bunch. Quibi, um, as well, yep. which most people haven't heard of or, 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 or tried. <laughs> um, the one that will the content will work just supposedly, yep. and and I sort of agree. Works. It's filmed to be just as good landscape or That's portrait. Right. Uh, yep. It's a bit yep. bit of fun. And actually, they've had a recent update that you can now um, display that onto your onto your TV. It was right. l- limited just to just your to mobile device, device yeah, which yeah. was yeah a little a little bit rubbish. Um, so I'm sure Samsung with their spinning TV that you can have and. And portrait to uh, to show your portrait video right. from your phone will be yep. uh, quite pleased. You can now push that video uh, there <laughs> yep. as well. But yeah, Amazon Prime Video they've just launched their app on Windows 10. Um, but what they couldn't tell me is what 
as much about their local catalogue. I see their US catalogue. I'm still yep. linked up to my US Amazon Prime account, and so I see this much bigger catalogue. Um, you've got a local catalogue. We do. had a look at it recently. And yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's, ago. It's, and it's not a huge catalogue, is it, locally? It's at not. This stage? It's not. None of them are. That's the thing. Netflix. Um, that uh, uh, even the only one that's really pulled themselves together is Disney. Uh, Disney Plus. Um, where I don't think ours is any different to any any other Disney Plus around the world. But in terms of content, Netflix were well off the boil and Amazon Prime is, is quite light. I found a good-looking uh, Canadian TV show on there uh, and um, for some reason it was saying, you know, coming in July and when I clicked on it, it said not available in your country and now it's disappeared off Amazon Prime entirely. Oh, okay. So I Whereas think I'm still having a few issues. U- US account, if I fire that up in, yep. uh, in New Zealand... You basically have to have a VPN or, or, yeah. or a proxy to, yeah, uh, to, to make see that the good work. stuff. But when you do, you see what a behemoth uh, that Amazon Prime it's a or Amazon player. Video yeah. is because not only have they got their core catalogue, yep. but then you can tap into all, all the extras, all the, the HBOs yeah, and yeah. so on. And you know, really with Lightbox and Neon coming together, that's sort of the you know the closest we've got to yeah, a, yeah, to a um, real digital player. You know, quite a strong catalogue. Although, got I mean, to be fair, I yeah. find the Netflix catalogue is actually it's pretty deep in New Zealand. Well, like, I know it's probably at the smallest end of yeah, what's yeah. available. Australia's got a bigger catalogue. I can sit in the Tesla and uh, and watch that because that has an Austra- <laughs> uh, the SIM uh, plan is linked to Australia. Um, of course, it is. So I just t- turn off the Wi-Fi if I want to watch something that's in Australia, but not in. <laughs> Not in New Zealand. <laughs> Sit in the car. Um, watch it on the big screen. Well, I did have to. I did have to do that recently during lockdown when there was a, um, a digital uh, or text message uh, queuing at the supermarket. And right, there was a, and there was a big wait. Oh yeah, you had the big um, wait. Over, yes, over yeah, Queen, yeah. It was Queen's birthday. It's so a little, yep. little, little while back. But um, anyway, so it's it's good to see activity happening in this front. I wish uh, Sky all the best yep. with uh, the new Neon, and I hope we will just see their offerings getting better and better. And we probably have to get them back in on the show to, yeah, to yeah. hear a little bit more about their their work. Uh, but I like this. I think this is a good move from from Sky. I, th- I think so. I think it's um, they've got the right technology, and hopefully they can put behind them some of the um, the problems that we've seen in the past with Sky Go and mm. these kind of predecessors, these dinosaurs. Uh, the landscape locally, we've still got TVNZ On Demand and, and 3 Now, uh, both of which are pretty good. Um, I'm still staggered we don't have... And a free, that, and a free view uh, Yeah, the free view app platforms. will allow you to, to jump between them all quite freely. Uh, and it is on the TV, not on the device. So, you know, you, you've got that step up for those consumers who, who aren't that techie. But we're still lacking. We don't have that mass back catalogue of New Zealand content that's sitting there. Uh, I wanted to see Sleeping Dogs. You, you can buy it online, uh, which is a, a minor miracle. Um, but uh, the interface is so clumsy and so awful to use. Uh, it doesn't remember where you were up to. Um, it's it's just through the browser. It was a pretty poor experience. There's no sign of any of that, um, anybody spending any money to, to make that a better experience. And unfortunately, all of that history of New Zealand television is just locked up in the archives, uh, never to be seen again. So so I think um, we've still got a long way to go, uh, and I'm still very angry with the BBC, which um, has everything on iPlayer in the UK, but won't sell access to it outside, uh, lest it cannibalises its own market. Mm-hmm. So um, those of us who actually want to watch uh, UK television and can't find it in New Zealand, because yeah. why would they screen a show in Welsh about uh, uh, a policeman? You know, it's 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 rather rather vexing mm-hmm. that it's available, but not to me because. I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. Where, so. where did you buy um, the program you mentioned from? Uh, so that was um, through NZ um, On Screen. Oh, okay. So they're yeah, selling yeah. content now. Because so originally can, yeah. NZ On Screen, you know, hundreds, uh, what it says here, 753-plus hours of content. Yep. What I recalled was you could stream basically all this old stuff uh, for free yep. from their platform. So if they're starting to charge, maybe that means they're going to put some more money or they're going to take some of the the um, the money that the government pours into New Zealand on air yep. and put and it into it developing something uh, better. Yep. I, I would 
just my, I guess my gut feel, I would expect a better result if they just partnered with, say, a Neon exactly. or somebody else. Yeah, and let them do the than, tech. Rather than them trying to, yeah. and and lacking the, uh, well, the finance for, for starters yeah, yeah. Uh, to keep an app cutting edge and working really, really well. But that's, that's that right. would just be the immediate conclusion I would jump to on that front. Yep. But anyway, we'll see, see how that progresses. We'll see how These things on. are getting easier and cheaper all yeah. the time. Now, on to uh, Facebook. Oh, before we jump onto Facebook, New Zealand COVID trace it. Do we need the app anymore? Yes or no? Uh, well, I'd like or to see. That, or yeah, is that a bit uh, of a No, I, I scanned in on the way in um, here. Um, I use it wherever I see the, the codes. But I do think we've got a – because we don't have it in the community here, uh, I think everybody's kind of gone, well, okay, that's done. I don't need to worry about it. I'd still like to see people tracking and tracing. Um, the app is very basic, uh, and that's probably – you know, considering um, everything that's happened since, it, it, it's kind of fallen by the wayside as a priority. I totally understand that. But if we do see a resurgence, you really want to be able to track people and trace them. And at the moment, we're relying on my memory for what I was doing three days ago, and I've got no idea. Yeah. So that would be disastrous. So Well, they have updated the app, which is good. You they can have, go they have. and actually see where, you, where you've yep. scanned now, which is, is good. I hope they keep developing it. Yes, it seems like we don't need it, but we may need it at we at, may. at any point, and so that's the key. Um, it's, look, it's I, get I just in the hope head. they keep investing in it. Yeah. I know that there's there's probably a lack of interest at the moment, but you know, as as it stood as it launched, it was it was pretty weak. I think they keep investing in it. We end up with something that's actually pretty pretty useful. useful. Should should we need it? Yeah. yeah. Now, lastly, Facebook. Those boycotted by so many brands now who, yep. who you know, really the, the, the pushback is on this, um, you know, hate speech, on extremist uh, Especially content. the, you know, yep. in, in light of the uh, Black Lives Matter uh, movement, you know, that it is, has still been, you know, a breeding ground for racist content, yep. which, yep. you know... Personally, I I don't think there is uh, there is room for this sort of stuff to continue. I think look there there is uh, there is some content that it's pretty hard to say. Well, you know, should should, should or we, shouldn't this should sort of discussion yeah, and debate yeah, exactly. be? Um, you know, where, where do you sort of draw the lines? And I know that. You know, in the past, there's been a um, you know a real movement to hey, you know, we we shouldn't online um, be blocking content, right? Yeah. You know, we've had yeah. that in New Zealand. Whenever there's a discussion around, well, you know, should kids be allowed access to this? Mm. And oh, look, you know, putting up walls for content, not a good, you know, not it a good really thing. Doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, yet here, you know, here's this big movement to say, you know. Facebook, you need to sort of police the content. Yeah, it's yeah. a really interesting it discussion, is, it and is. it's really hard for anyone to get right because I don't think that there actually is a perfect right. No, Because no. whatever they do, and you know, ad- admittedly, they've been not very successful, shall we say? Yeah. Uh, you know, and and we had this discussion, you know, last last year. You know, I had it across a whole bunch of you know media channels. Was this expectation that Facebook should be able to block live video yep. of the shooting um, that you know that happened in Christchurch, they should have been able to block that. But actually, technically doing that when there are so many mechanisms yeah, that get yeah. used to to trick filters, yep. there's video games, we're shooting, difficult. and all sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. That stuff's hard. This stuff is hard. Um, what do you what do you think? Does Facebook just need to be shut down? Is that is that well, a simple answer? Uh, yeah, yeah, to be honest, you know, or you would, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started. I think I think there are a number of things that Facebook um, should do that it's not doing, uh, and it all revolves around Facebook either spending money to do things well uh, or. Uh, making changes to the algorithm that it uses to share content, and neither of those things are any are, are, are on Facebook's radar whatsoever. It has no interest in spending large amounts of money to upskill its um, uh, its moderators uh, to put in place a better reporting program. I've I. Uh, 
badger people who are 5G crazies and loons all the time, and I report posts when I see them, and I report websites when I see them, and I never once have well, you ever... Well, 5G is okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll have another show about that, and we'll need a glass of wine, and then we can talk about 5 But not once has Facebook ever come back to me to say, oh, yeah, we've upheld that. Um, uh Yesterday, I spent half the day with a client trying to work out why Facebook wouldn't allow one of its ads to run. And it's probably because there's a picture of a child in the video uh, that the still the video still that's being pulled through as part of the advertising campaign. Uh, But who can tell? Because. The, the, face, the, feedback, the feedback from Facebook is just, this breaches our community standards. There's no way to then say, oh, can I talk to somebody? Because I'd like to give you some money and I'd just like to work through that. There's no mechanism. They, they have built this self-fulfilling and isolated uh, behemoth where the money flows in, they keep it all, and they're totally uh, unwilling to accept any form of responsibility for even making it work. And I think that needs to be addressed as well. Um, and it goes from extremist content all the way through to um, you know people posting stuff. Now the only time they ever make a change is when the money stream is threatened. And if Great you've ever point. put up a video of anything like a kid's birthday party and there is uh, copyright music playing in the background, they'll have that video down so fast because it costs them. Because it'll cost them exactly. They are a coin-fed operation, and if you threaten the money go round, uh, they'll they'll act. So they need to spend a bit of money on moderation better tools and then we can start in on the difficult stuff and that's before we even get to uh, whether or not they abide by New Zealand's privacy laws because the privacy commissioner says they don't uh, and that's going to be difficult for them. And then, of course, we've got tax, and they should probably think about paying some at some point because at the moment we're seeing a massive degradation of public services all around the world, uh, uh, and not to mention the media. Um, and a lot of it is down to these giant multinationals playing games with their tax credits and moving them all around the world so that they don't have to support us. So, yeah, that, you know, there's a lot they could be doing. That's one that I think more work needs to go into – not just locally. This, is, this yeah, has yeah. got to happen around it's the world. And globally. some of this has already taken place. So we've yep. seen changes we in the way that the, the biggest companies, the, the Facebooks and Googles and Microsofts and yeah, Amazons yeah. And, and so on, the rules that they have to uh, have to play by That's uh, right. has changed. Yep. And But I think there's still more work, there's a more lot work more that to, be to be done for it to end up you know, fair for every country. Yeah, yeah. Well. Lots of work to be done out there to solve the world's problems, Paul. Uh, I think that's probably we're a, safe a, good, in here. a good place to uh, <laughs> yeah. a good place to leave it. So, thank you very much for joining the show. Thanks for having me along. It's always a blast. And um, now you mentioned um, the tech blog that you're doing. Where do yep, people yep. Uh, track that down? If they want to have a read, if they if they want the long form version of me ranting, uh, techblog.nz is uh, is ITP's um, website, and I look after that. Uh, or they find me on Twitter. I'm forever bleating on about things on Twitter so come and argue with me at Paul Brislin is nice and easy to find excellent excellent and um, of course I should mention um, Umbrella Connect have you know a, a growing suite of content online including the New Zealand um, tech podcast I hear so uh, you know it's, uh, it's another another uh, another place to uh, to look out for content and you can of course find us online nztechpodcast.com uh, across uh, LinkedIn now we have our new uh, channel or page there for NZ Tech Podcast. Uh, We have in the last little while ended up on uh, YouTube as well as Facebook for the video streams uh, and on uh, on Twitter as well. So, you know, whichever is your uh, favourite platform, (laughs) then uh, I hope you'll come and follow us and join us there. So thanks, everyone. We'll catch you again next week on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. See ya. New Zealand's Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community. Proudly supported by Umbrella Connect.